Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, well, there's no real intros to this. It's talented production manager... It's Krista Mosowitz. Hello, Steven. <laughs> we're just jumping right in because we, look, we're both tired. We stayed up all night and watched Camp Cretaceous. It's true. Along with Brenna White, a.k.a. Bonnie Puns, a.k.a. Beeksels. <laughs> and we didn't know it was 10 episodes. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even think to look because I just assumed that because the first two seasons were eight episodes. Yeah, you just assume. And we didn't, we wouldn't have even known how wild would it have been obviously we're here talking about camp cretaceous jurassic world camp cretaceous season three spoiler review if if we hadn't even like taken a bathroom break or i hadn't taken a bathroom break we would have never paused because we just let that bad boy run through the whole time and i don't even think we got a are you still watching notice from netflix until like episode five or six maybe i think that was about it yeah because each episode is like 23 minutes or something Mm -hmm. but yeah so you know, we're just here, spoiler review, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but I guess my first question is just like, I mean, we can we can maybe talk Jurassic Park at the end of this in Jurassic World. But I guess for you, like, what did you think of the first two seasons of Camp Cretaceous? The first two, I 
thinking back on it, I definitely was really excited for that first season, mostly to see what like where it where it sat within the franchise itself and to see kind of some of those little moments of overlap between Jurassic World and the animated series of Camp Cretaceous. So that was really exciting for me. Season two was a little bit of a lull for me personally. It was it was pretty good. I just I feel like they rushed through it to get to season three. Yeah, I can. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's like I didn't even rewatch season two before <laughs> season three. And I felt like I watched season one like a few times, but mm-hmm. I really only watched season two like twice. Maybe I only watched it once, but like and again, <laughs> in this binge format where it's like a fever dream where I, like at some point like during the night i'm like wait is there two timelines are ben and darius dead and the rest of the kids left them behind and like it's a whole lost situation so like again i'm not a binge people who listen to this podcast know i'm not a binge person i love the week to week i love the theorizing Mm -hmm. i love the like hype and getting excited honestly i think season three could have stood up to the scrutiny of being week to week what do you think i think it could have i think there were enough end moments in each of the episodes where you were just like wait what was that what could that be yeah. what is going on and there could have been a lot of discussion between each episode to be perfectly honest I, you're right I think season three could have benefited from coming out on a weekly basis you could have gotten a lot more discussion a lot more fan interaction week to week with that yeah and, the, would and, really cool. and being part of that pulp, pulp pop pulp fiction pop culture <laughs> It could have been part of that pop culture conversation, you know, where it's like, obviously it's like a hot topic in like the Jurassic community and stuff, but it feels like season one broke the broke into the mainstream a little bit, but it feels Mm -hmm. like, especially season two, like, you know, it came out right before WandaVision or right around when WandaVision started airing. Timing is everything with these. Yeah. Timing is 100% a lot of getting people into series that come out yeah and it's not to say that the value of something is shouldn't be defined by that but it's just like it's more of like being a fan of jurassic amongst other things like i want it to succeed and i if something is good i want it to like reach out to more people than just of course of course but it's also for example using your example of wandavision releasing at a similar time that's a distraction from something else because suddenly someone everyone is talking about this one thing yeah yeah it's hard to get back on track and and sometimes things get lost and that that does do a disservice. And that's why release schedules are so valuable. Yeah. Well, and also, again, like, you know, I mean, we literally we literally watched it all last night and it's like, you know, how, uh, you know, and everyone's like racing to talk about it, obviously, which is very exciting. Like today, there's been a lot of conversation on Twitter and stuff, you know, recording on a Friday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, it's just it's almost like it'll just kind of taper off and, exactly. you know, and it won't. Give it legs. Yeah, yeah. You want to give it legs. Well, also, I should mention, you worked on Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. I did. <laughs> so that also, I mean, probably affects how you were like looking forward to this kind of stuff because you have like a metric to measure against, you know, yeah. where it's like, obviously, I'm just a fan and I love this stuff. Well, I mean, not to say that you aren't a fan, <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it's just it's I feel like I mean, or maybe this is my assumption, but I feel like you probably are looking at this from like a couple different angles. Yeah, definitely. I mean, working in the marketing world, I've I've always looked at releases and series and 
features very differently, um, how they're marketed to groups, how they're marketed to different demographics, things like that. And I am a, I am very much a fan of this franchise and I have been since I was a small child. <laughs> um, and, you know, being, you know, after seeing the first one in theaters and being scared that there were lost raptors under my bed, I've always been a fan of this franchise and was just lucky enough to worked on two of two of the titles yeah. and i always look forward to jurassic content coming out um always yeah and you know there's there is that you know you there is a feeling that comes over you when you watch something from jurassic and one of the best aspects of this series is it does encapsulate those feelings no i think i mean i personally feel like you know, and I think to me, it's very interesting seeing the response to season three because because I think another reason why a lot of people like I feel like there was like a twofold reason why season two maybe didn't. I mean, I think also like, you know, when it comes to timing, I also think it came way too soon after season mm -hmm. one. I was just like, I, I didn't even have time to like. I would agree. I it barely like had time hit. to celebrate it. Like it just it felt like season it felt like season one. We were all like, whoa. And then season three, I feel like the like conversation's been like as big, if not bigger mm -hmm. than season one. But it felt like season two was like, whoa, season two came out like. Yeah. But I was going to say in that relation, I think like season two obviously didn't have the conceit of taking place within the timeline of Jurassic World. Right. And then also, I think it didn't. It was just kind of its own thing. Like there, like it was kind of divorced from a lot of mm -hmm. connections. It was a bridge. It was literally that that. Season two was a bridge between season one and season three. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And there was there was a lot of things that they had to take some liberties on. I think that weren't necessarily tied to any of the films that had come out or any of the books, anything like that. But in this in the first season, you had strong connections to Jurassic World. And now in the third season, you have really strong connections to Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. And I think that that is really important for this series to have are those threads that come from the features. Well, and it's funny, too, because I think like I initially was very like kind of defending season two because it was almost like the chill PTSD season where everyone's <laughs> kind of like, what do we do now? But I kind of I think in that way of like kind of owning up to like. But I do get why season three resonates more is because there's like urgency and like the stakes are bigger and it's much like big swings are happening you know right and i the the other important thing and it's something that they d didn't they don't get to until the very end of season three is the timeline yeah and that's a huge part of why i felt really lost in season two because i wasn't sure where we were in time yeah and and that kind of was a distraction well and two i mean it was like literally i mean you go from season one where you're literally counting down the hours yeah of how it of how it you know, breaks down where it's like, yeah, season two was almost like a montage, but as mm -hmm. a season. Yeah. I, cause we both were taking notes. I ended up taking more notes maybe because you were taking notes. Cause like, I remember <laughs> like season two, it like, I just like had the notebook open and I, not that there wasn't things to take notes on, but it's just sometimes the first viewing, I don't normally take that many notes, but <laughs> part of me was like, oh, they kind of just explained season two on a chalkboard, like in, yeah. in, a, in like one thing, you know, uh, I, I'm happy to say, though, that I feel like a lot of stuff from season two actually ended up coming back. Like I loved uh, Brooklyn, like I loved her Half-Blood Prince phase during season mm -hmm. two. And I'm glad that it like kind of came back near the end of, of season three. 
yeah, I don't know what were, I guess to me, it's like, yeah, what were the things that like stuck out to you the most about season three, as far as like, again, making it compelling again, or like what you think like Jurassic fans or what you personally like love the most about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, for me, I think it's because you see points that happen in Fallen Kingdom within this series, but it's a different side. Well, yeah. And again, obviously, we've mentioned this as spoilers, but I mean, you literally see the opening sequence of Fallen Kingdom like that. Like I, I was talking to Brad Jost, like over Messenger today of the Jurassic Park podcast, and I was like. I did not, and like we even talked about it like last night. It was just like I did not expect them to do that this no soon. at all, and and but it it made it feel like it was a complete like it we, it was coming back around, and you because you already had seen one side of that happen. It was interesting to see it from another side and from another viewpoint. It's interesting now to think about. Okay, now when I go back to watch Fallen Kingdom the next time, I'm going to think about this series, yeah, yeah, and what was going on at the same time. Yeah, I think that that was really well done. I is it just me or the? I I think because we talked about this a little bit last night. The dinosaurs look so much better this season. The dinosaurs looked incredible, but also it's almost like I don't know. Like I feel like the chatter on the internet is that like ILM is giving them assets and they're basically just like cartoonizing it. But I feel like I don't know. Yeah, I don't like. I, I don't think ILM has time to do that. <laughs> they're like, hey, here's a hard drive. Figure it out. Yeah, they're like, yeah, here, we did this on our spare time. Like, no, I don't yeah, think they're doing that. Yeah, but it, I almost feel like in this season, I think because we got two incredible new dinosaur species mm-hmm. that have never been in anything, like, I almost think they've, de- like, all the dinosaurs are allowed to develop their own identity within the show as opposed to, like, because I feel like in the first season, as, as much as I love the first and second season, it was almost like, well, here's realistic dinosaurs and then here's like cartoony people. Yes. But I think weirdly, the quality between the people and the humans leveled out a little. Yeah, I think it, it's there was a little bit, you know, they stepped up their game for sure. Um, the water the main in, characters. Yeah, for the main character. For the main. Let's put a, let's put up in that for the main characters. The animation has gotten so much better. Um, it certainly makes when you're watching the show, like it makes you realize okay i should only focus on these two these characters because those other people that don't look as good are probably not really worth worrying about <laughs> that's the, the digital version of the red shirt you yeah know? like exactly. how many polygons you have it's like hmm, that guy doesn't have any texture to his skin he must not be important yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah and i mean the one thing that has always stood out to me in in this series across all three seasons is how phenomenal the water looks it's photoreal at some points amazing <laughs> almost distractingly photo it's real almost like, uh, so good it makes me stop looking at everything else so whoever did that bravo it's funny star wars disney plus recently put out a thing called like star wars biomes which is essentially like i mean we've shared this back and forth but like 4k footage of like oh, drone stuff it's like so good and that's what the star wars that's basically what biomes is it's basically just like that uh like flyover of beautiful places but in the star wars universe mm-hmm. Like, I want them to take the assets from Camp Cretaceous and put that into oh, like yeah. an ASMR, yeah. like yeah. calming. I mean, we're Make literally it my watching Apple TV. your Apple TV background <laughs> right um, Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. Yeah, that water is so beautiful. And the sky, the sky was really nice this season, too. Well, and it's also like, I mean, I think what really, because again, like my problem sometimes with uh, nostalgia in that sense is like sometimes I feel like people are 
like people who are extra critical of things and then are like all of a sudden they love something like I'm kind of skeptical because it's like oh they literally just like oh they did the thing and mm-hmm. so it's like guys like don't get bought over too easily yeah. you know like I I don't know like that's just me being cynical but it's like you know the in the very first episode they bring back the raptor flute from JP3 and I'm like well that's impressive yeah. like yeah. why would anyone care about that that shows like there's like thought exactly thought it, it shows that whoever is you know developing this stuff knows like knows details about the canon and that's really important and it shows yeah it it really shows um speaking of that one of one of i'm pretty sure that one of our favorite moments last night was yaz's legend has it i mean i wanted to like stand up and cheer like the the you know in this like Hammond, you know, there's, I mean, such a, you know, famous interview with Michael Crichton being like, I wanted to show the dark side of Disney, but Steven Spielberg, like, had heart for, like, the dreamer in Mm -hmm. Hammond, you know, whereas the Hammond in the book is a dick Mm -hmm. and is, like, you know, pissed off and, you know, he does fall down a hill, get bitten by compies and dies. And the idea that there's, like, um, like, that there's texture to the lore of this universe where, like, Maybe that's how, you know, like, I don't know. It's just like it's funny, flavor, you know? Yeah. It's funny that it's a rumor in, yeah. in the, in, you know, in the series. Yeah. Pulling something from the book that we all know. Yeah. Th- those of us who like read the book and, and are, you know, really involved in that book and, and have read it many times um, since some of us were in like third grade. Um, <laughs> yeah. Knowing, knowing something and seeing that little nugget within the series is just kind of like, okay, they see us. They, they know who they're talking to. Well, and again, that's, that's why like this conversation with like, uh, or this like, yeah, this like relationship with like nostalgia. And when people talk about fan service and being pandered to, it's like that to me shows that they're like thinking about the material and implementing it in interesting ways versus like, you know, let's just like, sh- like, let's just redo the kitchen scene. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I, I, there's like a layer to it. And it's, I guess my hope is that like, I mean, I guess who cares, but like, it's just one of those things where it's like, for me, the things I love are, are like when they get creative with that and then it feels smart and interesting versus like, right. let's just do it for that sake, you know? Right. It was well-timed and it was well-placed and it was simple. And that's why I think it, it played so well. Yeah. Cause it's just, yeah, it's not like this big thing, but it's no. just sort of, yeah, again, it just adds texture and flavor. Totally. And it, yeah, it definitely adds layer. And it's an homage to, you know, it's an homage to Michael Hart. For yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, who was your favorite character this season? Mm-hmm. And I guess did, is it a character that you like came to like this season? Or was this a character you've liked since the beginning? You know, I've got a. I've got to put it up to Yaz for this season, for sure. Okay. I, she's got so much growth happening <laughs> over well, this season. But it makes sense because this is a character who is shy and reserved and like keeps things close to the vest because mm-hmm. that's how she is. So to me, it's like the idea that, of course, Yaz doesn't actually break out of her shell until the third season is like thematically relevant to mm-hmm. who she is as a character. Like, I think that was like very thoughtful on the behalf of the mm-hmm. it's like, of course, you're not going to get to know her in season one. You know, right. she's slowly going to develop mm-hmm. over the course of the seasons. And I thought that was just like, yeah, to me, I mean, this is Yaz's season. Yeah. You know, she consistently got the most 
I mean, she grew the most, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You see. Yeah, you definitely see the most growth within her between her and Kenji. I think they have the most growth in the last season. Um, Kenji has become a man. Yeah. If you've noticed his facial hair growing in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, takes him six months to do that. But, you know, it's fine. Well, whatever. It, whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> to your point earlier, like. Again, I feel like it's the kind of thing where, like, when season two came out, it was like, okay, well, like, you know, people who didn't quite catch it, it's like, well, hopefully this stuff pays off. And if anything, like, season two really sets up a lot of, like, dynamics that I think mm-hmm. can kind of, you know, between, like, Ben and Darius. Yeah. And, like, I, I mean, I personally loved Kenji and Sammy becoming BFFs this season. Like, that was such a, like, rewarding moment. Oh, Sammy. Of like, oh, these are the two dinguses. <laughs> like, of course, they're going to become best friends when like things are finally kind of like, I don't know. They're like, they've, you know, they literally been on the island for six months. So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, weirdly, it's like the characters were, you know, who they are. And then season two is them being like, oh, what do I do now? And then it's almost like they're like, they've dealt with their trauma a little bit. And so they're able to like, well, they all come into it when they all join the camp. They all have their own, their personalities that they stay within and they stay rigid. Like Brooklyn stays being Brooklyn and Sammy is friggin' Sammy. <laughs> and, you know, and everyone stays within their little like uh, um, click of them of themselves. They're like clicks of one, basically. Yeah. And, you know, season two, those those characteristics are completely shattered. And yeah. I think by the end of that season and then season three, I think they finally are starting to realize who they are as people. You know, all of us go through that transition when we're in teenager years. You know, even some of us in our young adult years still don't really know who we are as people. And, you know, they are, they're now trauma bonded. Yeah. And that's a big, and that's something that I think that a lot of people today can relate to with, you know, coming through the other side of this pandemic is that a lot of people became trauma bonded literally bonded because of going through all of this and and they they do go through those kinds of arguments on on the island you know hey we're not going to be friends anymore when we get off this island you know we're all going to go to our separate areas of the country and we're never going to see each other anymore and it's kind of very much it's very similar to what people can kind of are going through today because now that you know, people that have become trauma bonded now they're like, oh, we can go out into the real world and go back to real lives. And it's just like, oh, wait, what about yeah, how all of the work? new bonds that we've made? Like, it's it's pretty. Yeah, it's a it's quite a, a mirrored, <laughs> mirrored situation happening. Yeah. As the kids say, it hits different. It does hit different. <laughs> Favorite dinosaurs this season? Oh, boy. The compies are still my least favorite <laughs> because they're compies. Um, <laughs> Are they pigeons of the dinosaurs? I know, but the 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 football scene with Yaz and and uh, oh yeah, I mean that was pretty funny. Darius and Kenji chasing them was such a great scene, and the way bringing Blue back and all that stuff was such a oh yes, bringing Blue into it was great. Um, my saving grace because every time I got worried, I was like, no wait, we know Blue still's around. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Blue's still gonna get through it. It's all good. Um, but it's funny to see like we now know why she ends up nesting near the jeeps or the were they mercedes Mercedes explorers i can't remember oh my god i can't remember where they were but where the um where the vehicles were in fallen kingdom like that's she because she was basically kicked out of her own home because it fell over yeah 
um, and like why she is where she is when they find her on the island. Yeah. And that was that was a pretty cool tie-in, I thought. But well, and again, it's I think if anything, as far as like again thinking about uh this series' relationship with the films and stuff, like the series has shown like an incredible amount of restraint as far as like mm. You know, no uh, Owen or Claire cameos. Like no. uh, the fact that um, Blue shows up like in the first episode of season one, and like, uh, and that's it. And Rexy was not even in season one, mm-hmm. which obviously makes sense on the timeline. But mm-hmm. uh, other than when you know the title sequence yes. or whatever, but it feels like they've been able to like incorporate. I mean, Rexy wasn't really in this season till the end either. It's true because she was at the very she was big at the end of the second season. Yeah, and then yeah, she didn't really come back until the very end. When, which is interesting because you'd think she'd be running around eating stuff. Well, I think because they were avoiding Main Street this whole season, they were and that's until the very end. Nest was, but yeah, yeah. It, it just feels like they've they've really thought out how they want to use Blue and Rexy, you mm-hmm. know, in that sense. And so, I like uh, to me, it's like they brought Blue in when it was like important for the characters, you know? Yeah. And I th- when it, when it wasn't just a, Hey, we have blue, let's just use blue because we have blue. It was more of a, she was actually used strategically. I think. I mean, yeah. Like in the second season, I think you literally see blue in like two shot, like two moments, like, yeah. like montage type moments, yeah. like roaming on the Island. But like, so it just feels, it's just exciting. You know, you don't get tired of it. You're not like, Oh, blue is here. Like, yeah. You know, literally, it's going to, like, pick up the gun and, like, shoot E750, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> I got this, kids. You know, yeah. like, I don't the know why snarl. I sound like Mario. You know? <laughs> the lip curl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, and I love the new di- the two new dinosaur species that kind of got the spotlight. The yeah. Monolophosaurus and the Orinosauruses. Yeah. The mad cows. The mad cows. Oh, my God. The drugged up cows. Oh, yeah, that's right. So crazy. Um. The your first encounter with the the manas is coming up when they're on their segways, right? And it's just frozen there. What the? Like just like just maybe they don't see me. <laughs> These nerds on a segway. And I loved loved that that image of it just being like <gasps> freeze and maybe yeah, just let them let them go. Maybe they won't. Maybe they don't see me at all. Well, we, I'm invisible. I think- I think we both commented. It's like the dinosaurs are really funny this season. They were, they had personalities this season, but for it was natural. Sure. You know, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, I think some, the, there was like, I think part of the discussion about fallen kingdom is that like some people thought the animals had too much personality, but like as somebody who, you know, I have a cat and I'm around a lot of animals. It's like mm-hmm. animals are individuals, you know, it's great. Like, and you think too, that you're like, Oh, that breed has that kind of personality coming from someone who, who has grown up in a house where we have multiple dogs of all of the same breed. They do not 100% <laughs> do not have the same personalities. Like they're very distinct. And, and it was nice to see, you know, them kind of applying that to the animals in the series yeah well and i think especially in season three Mm -hmm. it really came into its own in that regard and again that was always like you know with fallen kingdom being my second favorite jurassic movie Mm -hmm. it's like that to me is like the biggest contribution one of the biggest contributions of that film is Mm -hmm. again it's like okay like you know there's the debate of like are the dinosaurs monsters or animals and it's like 
well, they're animals and they're animals with personality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love that this season you got the compies like doing their fun pigeon things. Like, yeah. right, like the seagull Seagulls. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yep. and uh, you know, the Aranosaurus being like these like mad cows of like, uh, you know, I mean, when they were angry when I, when I was in God, where was in Ireland for Christmas one year, like we were driving around the countryside and we like found a sheep farm and like my sister jumped over the fence and then ended up getting chased by the sheep. And, but you know what the Monolophosaurus reminded me of? There's a really great scene in the Lord in the fellowship of the ring book. And it's like never repeated again. It's like a singular moment, but it's like, uh, I think it's a Fox. Yeah. It's a Fox sees like Frodo and Sam, like, why are hobbits out here? It's like weird because it's like the whole book is like third person kind of like following the characters. And then there's this one paragraph that's like from this Fox's perspective. That's like, huh, that's funny. There's some hobbits here. I wonder what that means. And like, (laughs) this is just a random moment that never comes up again. And to me, that was like the monolophosaurus where it's just like, it's almost like you see that scene through the, that dinosaur's eyes where he's just like, what are these people doing here? Yeah. I don't know. know. Were, Were they upset that they got in there? Like, I don't know what, Clearly, they it was after something happened with a dinosaur that we were going to talk about, I'm sure, very soon. Um, and all of the animals were starting to go crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was just it was it was strange to at that time of of watching that series. We're like, why are they not acting like the way that they should be? acting? <laughs> well, again, my thing with which is funny because. I didn't realize it until this moment, but like, uh, yeah, we're like, why are these like Aranosauruses? You know, they're duck-billed dinosaurs. They're essentially, you said like Gungansaur- Gungasauruses. Oh, from yeah. Star Wars, oh, my God. Yeah. But like, I was making the joke about the Simpsons where the the farm animals get addicted to when they crossbreed tobacco with the with the <laughs> vegetables. And it's like all the farm animals get addicted and they're like chasing the Simpsons like tobacco. Uh, <laughs> Maybe and it's they were like, licking toads. We don't know. Well, but it's like if the animals were poisoned, it's exactly. like kind of like that makes sense. sort of a thing, you know. So it's just yeah. funny because I'm like, oh, well, that's literally what was going on. They were all kind it's, of like poisoned by the E750. Yes. Yeah. And those, going insane. Those little porcupine quill things. Um, which are crazy. Yeah. What did you think of E750? You know, looking at first, like it's terrifying. I think it's one of the most terrifying like animals in the entire franchise for me. Oh, yeah. Because it just looks so I I now I just feel bad for it though. Yes, like me it, too. It's it's very much like kill me. Yeah. It's like alien resurrection level like like the Indominus like walks into a room and it's like there's all these like failed experiments. Yeah. Like, literally literally, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um the way that it's like arms look broken and Ugh. like it looks Still like lens. literally like the the it looks like the elbows are just jutting out of its like skin every time it moves. When it howls in that moonlight, that shot where we see its full body, the way it contorts its arm, the arm just takes on this human form that just freaked me out. Well, yeah, you so called it much. Hollow, you know, it freaked me out. Yeah. I didn't like. It was terrifying, and the 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 saliva dripping from it, and. Um, the fact that it was it moved silently pretty much like you could hear it rustling sometimes, but it the dinosaur like it didn't you didn't hear it cut co- like really coming. No, it's um, not like the boom of the, no of, like Rexy or something. No, um, it I just felt bad for its face. <laughs> it looks like face. it it like it looks like it ran into a wall too many times yeah. and just like oh and you just feel bad. 
Oh, that yeah. silly little pug face. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Again, I think maybe, too, why I like season three and what, you know, is getting more props, you know, is because it is making bigger swings. And I think, like, introducing the concept of asexual reproduction is just like, Oh, well, like, as far as, like, sci-fi goes, it's like, well, you're already, like, it, this feels like another natural kind of thing, you know? I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess, yeah, like, there, that is a thing that exists, so why wouldn't, it's I like can, cloning in Fallen Kingdom. I can see that, but yeah. that happened awfully quickly from the time <laughs> it broke out, you know? Well, well, yeah, I was, I was, like, thinking about Tremors, too, where the... <laughs> The, gra- the graboids are like the ones under the ground, but then there's like the land ones that see heat, and those ones are like, Bleh, and they like barf up like a, a one, and then it like grows into like another one. So, goodness gracious! I mean, the heat, the predator aspect of it was very interesting, and and clearly that's why it was so attracted to fire because yeah. it was this, you know, fire is this white glowing thing that's just like ooh, precious. Yeah, and. You know, luckily they, you know, it did have something that distracted it. Yeah. Um, you know, the the entire time we were watching this, I know that I mentioned it at least once when we were talking about like, what are these kids gonna do that's gonna trigger that volcano? And that's why it's all gonna like set it off. That didn't happen, but we did it did tie into Fallen Kingdom eventually. But using lookout point and and basically killing off all of those Demarfadon eggs oh. is very smart. <laughs> Well, yeah, I I mean, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, in a way, I'm, you know, I would be fine if they like, it's just that level of like, do we really want the reason the volcano came back to life? No, like, it's just so I'm kind of glad they didn't go. Of course, I'm just wondering. I was wondering, like, are they going to do something that's going to make that make make that be that trigger for that device? But they did like kind of. Like, by having the explosion on top of the hill, yeah. I thought that's what that was. Yeah, I don't think that they're the same location. They were close by each other. I really don't think that the volcano and Lookout Point are the exact same location. I yeah. think they're they're just close together. But one thing I was hoping that they were going to do and they didn't do was go to the geothermal area of the island. I know that, that I also thought that that was going to happen, too. I would have really loved to see that. Um, and that's because that's an aspect we've never seen before. Yeah, well, and also, like, I think Camp Cretaceous, I mean, they didn't really do it this season, which I think was good because it was kind of a bigger part of season one and two, which was like the underground tunnels. Yes. But, um, like, that was always an aspect of Jurassic Park from the books that I always wanted to Mm -hmm. see. 
And I think like the geothermal stuff is another part of the mm -hmm. books that I've always wanted to see the raptor nests underground, like yep. stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I definitely, you know, thought that like, because they had started to broach a certain stuff from the books that they hadn't done yet in the live action films. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I could totally see them doing the geothermal plant. Totally. It would have been really interesting. Um, it would just been a fun as a part of that island that we would have never seen before. Yeah. And that would have been nice. Yeah. Um, like we've read it. We've read the written word about it before, but we haven't actually seen it. Yeah. Um, but going back to um, our little broken, our, our little broken E750, um, Scorpius Rex. Scorpius Rex. Yeah, I guess we haven't been saying Scorpius. Just... Scorpius Rex. Um, yeah, it's, I just felt bad for her. And the fact that if she, she did go through some, some sort of asexual reproduction, when did, if that's true, then when did she break out? Well, yeah, because they show they show the Scorpius Rex breaking out at the end of season two. Right. But how? what's the timeline yeah. between two and three? Yeah. Do we know? Because it seems like, again, it felt like season two was like very amorphous as far. Like mm -hmm. it was like between each episode, you didn't know how much. No, even even within the episode, you didn't because there were montage moments in some of those yeah, episodes where you're just like, oh, they're trying 8000 different ways to get off the island all of a sudden. <laughs> well, and again, like uh we were joking like i i almost wish they'd done a whole season of the ben and bumpy oh show, yes which like it very much like game of thrones where it's like they for, like there were like one season where like bran wasn't even there and then they like focused on him later it's like i almost wish that you know they just condensed a whole season of ben and bumpy into one episode mm -hmm. but it's like imagine if they had done a whole season of that and then it's like yeah so season two is just very like it was all over the place amorphous. But yeah, mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, season three really was more locked in on a timeline, which probably it was. helped it was. add to the urgency and the drama and like... Mm -hmm. Well, they needed it based in a real time to be so that the end of it would work. They yeah. needed to give it a time. Yeah. Which thankfully, because we were talking, even before we had gotten to the end of the season, we were talking about like, how long has this, like, yeah. how, how long has this been happening? We were very worried about how long we had been there with them on that island you know and then finally we're like maybe it's been about six, but when the helicopter started coming we were like wait a minute i think it's been six months <laughs> i think we're at six months now i did not think it was six months that that it truly blew my mind it was i was not expecting it at all like because we, we were talking about it we were like wait a minute the beginning of because we never really knew how long it was between Jurassic World ending and when we pick up with our main characters in Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. We don't know how, what that timeline is, but we do know that they went to go get the Indominus um, sample, sample Rib. six months yeah. after. Yeah. So that's the only frame of reference we have for time yeah. between those movies. Yeah. It could have been two years between when, you know, when we pick up from the main character to main characters. But, you know, it, it was... It was helpful knowing they're like, oh, yeah, it's been six months. And they were very, very clear about letting us know how long that was. Yeah. And it was and it felt like, I mean, again, as far as like because the season one is very much concrete and then having kind of a nebulous season two and then having and and frankly, again, I I still feel like if season two had ended at episode eight, you know, and it ends with all the helicopters shining a light mm -hmm. on the kids like you that that felt like a perfectly a perfectly reasonable ending to yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. There was there were a couple of endings for the season. Yeah, but I think they probably just wanted to really 
I don't know, kind of make it even more distinct in Mm -hmm. a way. And and tie it in, I think, a little bit more to what moments in the franchise that we're all familiar with. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of dino on dino action. This season, I was, there's a lot of dinosaurs that get killed this season. There kind of were sad, and this this actually leads to the thing of like, was there things that you? What were some things that you like didn't like about this season? One of the things, it's actually one of them is my my same criticism of of the second season is that they made Bumpy grow up, and that's not I know, okay. You're so heartbroken by that, <laughs> and that is not okay for me. Um, they could have easily made it so that Bumpy stays a baby. Yeah easily and yeah. and that was heartbreaking for me because she's just so much more of an intention grabber when she's a little baby yeah um there was a moment though in in season three where it was a profile shot of her and you could almost see her her babiness yeah. in her face and and i i loved that moment but other than that she's just like angry all the time um, i know she's a she's a grumpy lady she's yeah. a very grumpy lady and she's only six months old <laughs> um and she just seemed at the beginning of season three, she just looked so much bigger. And then it seemed like they had kind of gotten more of a handle on how how big she was supposed to be <laughs> as the season, you know, moved on and moved forward. And 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 she was connected with other of her kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you see how small she actually really was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it just. There's that there was. Hmm. What else? What else? The I will. Can I tell you what I really did like, though? It's become like one of my favorite things in the whole franchise. Okay. Um, the elevator sequence in this yeah. season, that I, yeah, fight yeah. was great. Well, and, and yeah, if anything, like, uh, I mean, I'm mostly somebody who talks about things I like. And yeah, that monolith, like every sequence in this season was great. It felt like yeah. it felt like every it felt like the pacing of it and like they were all almost like little short stories. Like they all felt like they had purpose and drive. Mm -hmm. But I think that ties into something that I didn't like about this season is I felt like they kept crisscrossing the Island too much. Okay. That makes sense. And like, you know, I think because the other seasons, there was so much emphasis on like how little they could move anywhere at Mm -hmm. any time. Cause it was so dangerous. It's like this whole, I mean, and maybe that's just cause it's earned because they've been there for six months. Yeah. But it's just like, it almost felt like it, it's like the Hobbit where like, again, Lord of the Rings, it's all about this great journey to cross this land to get to Mordor. Whereas the Hobbit, it's like, they're literally just like running from end, middle, like every end of middle earth in like five minutes. It's just like, <laughs> and it just felt like to me, the thing I didn't like about this, and it, you know, I, I think it's fine because it created moments that are w- worthwhile, but mm-hmm. it just was like, you know, they were literally just running back and forth to every location with with ease it was almost like yeah. the dinosaurs only showed up when it was for the story well, you know the only the other thing you have to think about too is that they by that point after being there for about six months they probably would have learned their patterns yeah yeah and the routes yeah you know the, like that and you know that something that's come that comes back from jurassic park is they have their trails that they they yeah. walk and and it's a cyclical path yeah and so i'm sure they probably have picked up on that by yeah. then no, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's such a minor nitpick, but it was just like, I just felt like you're like, are they teleporting? It's just, it was very like, I just felt like I just got a little whiplash mm-hmm. sometimes from it, you know. Yeah, but I, I think that. again, like for story purposes, I think it makes sense because they still, I mean, one of one of the greatest sequences is Yaz's great race to get the antidote, you know, for yeah. for I was going to say for Shrek. For <laughs> <laughs> She's turning into Shrek. 
Shrek. She's turning yeah, into Shrek. We're, we're, you know, we're just watching it. It's just, she was turning so green. And I was joking that when she starts coughing, she's she's coughing the lyrics to All Star. Somebody once told me the world was going to roll me. Like, but I mean, that whole scene, I mean, the whole se- that whole sequence is masterfully done. So it's like when it counts, it worked really well for me. But I just felt yeah. like, you know, it's just there was some liberties as far as like, because I think that they put so much emphasis on how difficult it was to. Tra- to traverse the island in the previous season. Mm-hmm. So that just was like an adjustment right. I had to make. I mean, they did learn some shortcuts. Yeah. And they did have a lot of trees marked this time. Yeah. That kind of led them to know like, okay, this is where this this <laughs> is. And, you know, that helps. And then you had, you know, wild man Ben, who knows that whole island like the back of his hand now. Yeah. Hiccup. <laughs> Look, we can't all. I know. Running out of time. We'll just use the model. I know. A bit, make his hair blonde. Disney's done it for years. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, th- I I feel like, I mean, I think season three is is going to be something that, like, I'm already itching to rewatch episodes, and yeah. I didn't feel that urgency with season two, which again, I really like season two. So mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like this is something I'm going to rewatch a lot more. Yeah, I mean, what's really funny is the first season, or the first, not the first season. I'm sorry. What's really funny is the first episode of this new season. They're on the raft. And all I could think about was how no one is shouting for Walt. Like, where's Walt? Like, Walt! <laughs> Walt! Like, everyone should be shouting for Walt. And no one was shouting for Walt. And then I was looking for a shark with a Dharma stamp on its fin. <laughs> and it was just, you know, yes, they both, you know, they filmed Lost in Hawaii. They yeah, filmed yeah. Jurassic in Hawaii. But it's just... You know, there was a lot of similarities to Lost, I think, in this season, for sure. Well, I mean, again, I think this ties into just wrapping up this up. But like, and again, the nature of watching it at four in the morning <laughs> and not knowing that there was two more episodes. Like, mm. I just because there's that fake out of like the two, you know, when they reveal that there's two Scorpiuses and the boat is gone and there's just this moment, this very lost like moment where I was like, wait, are Ben and Darius dead? And they're stuck in purgatory. <laughs> the kids, the rest of the kids actually left and now they feel guilty. So now they're going back and it's like a whole thing. And it's just like, well, no, obviously not, but like, we have to go back. Yeah, we have to go back. But it's interesting because I, I've said a few times, like, I don't think they're getting off the Island until the show's over mm. because it's like, what is the show yeah, when they're not the on point? the Island? I mean, literally camp Cretaceous was already destroyed after the first season. So yeah. it's like already that concept is broken or like not broken. They've obviously, they just have moved past it. So it's like, what's the show if they're not on the Island anymore. So mm-hmm. in, in that regard to the lostiness of it, like where, like, what do you th- what is season four and beyond? I mean, well, where we end is there's something trying to get out of that boat. But are they going to spend a whole season on the boat? I don't know. That it, would be that would be kind of cool, actually. It would be it would be interesting. Life of pie, you know, Although, but how many dinosaurs would you have? It just depends on who's trapped in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not the Baryonyxes. <laughs> no, although they, I guess they just took Tiff's body and ran. Or they or they find or they find her reanimated corpse. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Can we just talk about how interesting the aspect is really quickly of the Scorpius Rex and how it can throw like get like its quills? Yeah, no, I mean, what an interesting device. Well, because it's a lionfish. It's a lion. It's a scorpion fish or scorpion fish. Excuse me. Um, but those quills are very similar to how porcupine quills, how you, how they can kind of, I don't know if, now we don't know, I don't think if the Scorpius Rex can shoot them 
like like when a porcupine oh, does yeah, it yeah. we we just for for whatever reason we just think that i think we only have seen that him more like a bee sting yes where they get stuck in um because if i remember correctly in season two whatever we whatever we saw which was we now know as the scorpius rex it had way more spikes and way more quills than it did in season two yeah now that could have been a a development um decision when they went to animate her completely or it could have been that maybe those don't regenerate oh yeah i don't There's know what it is time, yeah well so then here's my plot for season <gasps> four da, da, da. another e750 another scorpius rex is on the boat it quills everybody yeah but like like barely like it brushes up against them so they're more like they get the like mad cow disease of like the mm -hmm. dinosaurs and so the the season four is just all the kids on the boat like going crazy like tripping out yeah and tripping <laughs> and, and like trying to kill each other and stuff and like having to deal with their interpersonal <laughs> my relationships god. can you imagine brooklyn tripping out yeah oh my god and that's just, and then it's like the like finally uh finally the kids get rescued we, mm -hmm. we, you know, Dave and Roxy come back and maybe we get a Claire cameo or something like that. But like they like show up on the boat and it's like ah, like there's just like blood like Ugh. Brooklyn's like eating Sammy and like, oh, you God. know, it's just like, ah, like she's first to go. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I mean, I mean, they could just as easily as soon as season four begins, the boat crashes and they wash back up on shore. But like or the Mosasaurus comes and oh, shit. Yeah. You know, I just I feel like we haven't the only we've seen her once for her epic moment, yeah. her her dual fallen kingdom and this serious moment. It very well could be because we know she's still around, but we know she's now in open water. It's true. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool if the season four opened with the Mosasaurus. Yeah, sequence. it could be that, you know, that shot in the waves. At first, when that, that first rogue wave came, I thought it was going to be the Mosasaurus. Yeah, I won't lie. I definitely it thought is. it was going to be, it's like, oh, the most Thor's is coming. <laughs> but no, they saved her for the end, which yeah. was kind of nice. Yeah, because before that, she was probably just chilling in her tank. Yeah. She's um, like, barely she, eating. Yeah, well, she was full from the Indominus. Yeah, that's true. She probably snacked on her for a little while. Yeah. Um, her and uh, uh, Zara and oh, the yeah. Pteranodons. Zara probably gave her some indigestion. Yeah. Um, well, again, my favorite, some my one of my favorite Jurassic fan art is... Somebody drew the Indominus, Zara, and a Pteranodon playing cards inside the stomach of the Mosasaur. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's the best. That's adorable. You know what? There was one moment where I was like, oh, it would have been really nice to see that is when it was the beginning of season or episode two when they all have bathing suits on. And like, it wouldn't have been nice to see them like raiding the stores or like trying to find. I know. It, it's stuff that thing the of stores. It, it, again, it's that very much like. I feel like as far as like people thinking about the logic of stuff and it's like, gosh, I just wanted to see them raid a hotel, the rough yeah. or something. Uh, like, why aren't they raiding mini bars? You know, like yeah. where they're, they're teenagers. First of all, like they would be raiding mini bars and making out, but yeah. not really. <laughs> um, it, it, the relationships, you know, I feel like they were kind of cemented this season, which is great. Yeah. Um, I had a hard time with, you know, with Ben wanting to stay. <laughs> um, but thankfully he did no, not. <laughs> I, yeah, I think they worked that all that stuff out. Yeah. yeah, it was really, it was good. It's It was sad to, you know, he has to leave his pet behind. Oh, I mean, are we going to get a season four this year? You think? I don't know. It just seemed like season two came so quickly. So I'm like, well, they got to be already working on yeah. season four that comes out the it's fall or something. It's amazing how quickly these came out. 
Yeah. Um, just like one after another. What was it only been like six months or something since the last one? What was I think September. Okay. Yeah. Seven or eight months, I guess. Yeah, we already have was it sixteen, twenty we already have twenty-six episodes of Cam Cretaceous. Yeah. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. That's thirteen hours, basically. Yeah. Of, or just a little <laughs> under thirteen hours, probably yeah. like twelve hours. Of like more Jurassic content. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, I again like one of my favorite aspects of season one and season three were was how they we're threading in aspects of the movies that we, you know, we've all know so well, but without like doing it in a, an obnoxious way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, it's like, how do you. I really wish they got BD Wong, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, again, it's that thing of like, because Dominion's pushed a year back, it's like, how do you tie stuff in with that, you know, or. Yeah, it's just a lot. So it's like, of course, I'm curious. Like, I wonder if season four is going to almost be more like season two in that regard. It very well could. I mean, maybe those maybe those kids all go work for um, the DPG. Yeah. I mean, that maybe would be kind of cool. DPG. Or they could do like a time jump. They could. One of the things that I had really wished that they had done was, um, you know, the couple of shots of um, Zach and Gray on the monorail when they first go through the gates. Yeah. Why wouldn't they take one of those extras from that those shots and pull the clothing and how one of those extras kind of look like and use those as one of the kids in the camp. Well, I mean, and people talk about how all the actors kind of look like their mm. animated counterparts, you know. Exactly. So. Exactly. But like you could have taken clothing or, you know, aspects of that. So at least it would have tied them to that movie a little bit, I think. I think well, that would have been cool. Well, people say that I think it was Lauren Lapkus. I think she says something about, or maybe it was Lowry that, uh, Vivian or Lowry that say something about like five missing kids or something in Jurassic World and like oh, that almost being like a, yeah. uh, like a reverse reference, you know, to Camp yeah. Cretaceous. Obviously it wasn't, but. Isn't there six kids though? Or maybe they say six kids or something in the Lost and Found or something. <laughs> they're, in the kids, they're, they're in the Lost and Found. They're in the Lost and Found. Those kids are in the Lost and Found. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'm kind of down for whatever at this point. You know? Yeah, they could go any a lot of different ways. And it'll be interesting to see where it goes, especially because technically right now they're not on the island. Yeah. Maybe they have to go back. I mean, yeah, exactly. We have to go back <laughs> again. It makes sense that like next season could open with just them washing back ashore. But it just. Yeah, but they've already done that. I know. So to me, it would be interesting if they do make it to land. We do finally catch up with ketchup and mustard with. um <laughs> With like Dave and Roxy or like, mm -hmm. what if we do like half a season with Dave and Roxy? And I mean, else? I like those two characters yeah. a lot and I miss them. Yeah. No, I thought they too. were great. I think I could. It seems like they're willing to do some interesting narrative tricks, you mm -hmm. know, and after three seasons, I think that they've kind of earned it. So it would be kind of cool for them to like get away from the kids for like an episode or two, you know, like just yeah. To even yeah, even if it's even just one episode. Yeah, be really cool. maybe maybe it would be the the people in the helicopters coming. Um, like, why was that one helicopter on that side of the island when they were supposed to be getting the Indominus sample? Mm. Like, why were they suddenly? Why was one of them suddenly at the boat? Yeah, that's a good. I point. mean, that was actually our first human kill that we saw too that yeah, season, yeah. or this season rather. It yeah. was the first human kill was that guy from the helicopter. Yeah, I mean, they could also do a whole thing where like Manticore kidnap them and take them to something where they have dinosaurs, you know, yeah, like it would have been nice to get more into that. Yeah, I, I'm I, I like the like the Manticore stuff. I could go either way on at this mm -hmm. point. Like the, it's so in the background at this point that it's yeah, like, that's true. it's interesting that they haven't developed it at mm -hmm. all. Uh, you know, it's almost more of just part of a part of 
Sammy's like character motivations more than an actual like plot. More of her her annoying personality. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they could do a whole season. Maybe they get kidnapped by Manticore for a whole season or something. Or maybe they go into test like a whole bunch of testing. Who knows? There's got to be something with Wu, though. You know, they could throw the fans a bone and do an Isla Sorna season or something. You know, I don't think they're going to do that, but. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So possibilities are endless. But uh, Krista, thank you for. Thank you for having uh, me coming on this podcast and talking to me because we uh, you and Brenda and I had a great time watching it last night. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like post pandemic. It's just like, oh, we get to hang out with our friends again. You it's know? true. <laughs> it's true. And it was for a whole season of a show, which yeah. was really fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't it feels like. Yeah. I mean, I certainly again, I'm not a huge binger, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. And they were, you know, they're so they're they're quick and it. You know, they go, they go, they fly by. I so. can't even imagine people who like binged all the Marvel, like Daredevil or just because those were like 10 hour long. episodes. Yeah, that's, that's a long, that's a lot. I don't think you could stay up all night for that. No, 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 <laughs> definitely not. But I do think that the third season could have, could have benefited from being a weekly release for oh, sure. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. In that, in yeah, the best kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess where can people follow you or what? Um, you can check I out mean, or... if you want to follow me, follow me, but I'm really not that interesting. <laughs> or your, your art that you do, too. Oh, I do paint. That's who I am. Well, again, everyone just uh, let me know what you thought of season three. I mean, this is coming out, you know, this weekend, so I'm sure people are still watching it. But um, yeah, let me know if you thought it was as compelling as season one or two or like how you rank them. I, I think I'm still season one favorite. Nice. Then season three, and then season. I two. think I'm three one two. Nice. I think it worked. I think that totally makes sense. Yeah. And who knows with rewatches? Yeah, that could change. Yeah. Just at the moment, <laughs> I'm three one two. Nice. Um. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very interested to hear. You know what people, what other people are thinking. Yeah, it'll be fun. I, I hope we can keep the discussion alive. Yeah. Even though you and I watched it all last night. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and yeah, follow C Jurassic Right, a share pod on Twitter, C Jurassic Right on Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Hold on to your butts. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a quote from season three, but I can't think of one right now. <laughs> dingus. Yeah, yeah, dingus. All right. <laughs> bye, everybody. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. 
it'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.